Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of the next workshop coming up August 12th through the 14th in Texas. So call us today at 210-822-8201 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have a very special guest with us today. Dina Alexander is with us. So, Dina, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, before we get to kind of hear Dina's story and just kind of what they're doing in ministry, uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you listeners out there who have partnered with us financially. We are so grateful for your support. As you know, this is a listener-supported broadcast, so the only way that we can produce these podcasts and get them out on traditional radio stations as well as through the airwaves to over 80 countries around the world is through the faithful and generous support of listeners like you. So thanks to all of our partners out there. Um, also, if you'd like to comment on the show, give us uh, you know topics, suggestions, all of that, please go to our Twitter page at Pure Sex Radio. Well, Dina, I would love for you to just be able to kind of introduce yourself to our listeners, share with them a little bit about who you are, how you got into this incredible ministry, and then we're going to try to see if you can give our parents out there some some great guidance on how to deal with all of the challenges that are facing our children these days when it comes to uh, living lives of sexual integrity. Absolutely. So, Jonathan, so I am the founder and president of an organization called Educate and Empower Kids. And we started this about three years ago. Um, I was literally just looking at a Facebook article and I clicked on it and it was a UK article talking about porn consumption among teenagers. And to me, it was so outrageous. I couldn't quite believe it. Mm -hmm. So I spent some time that day researching. My kids were at school. I have three children who are now 10, 13, and almost 16. And at the t- I just couldn't believe it. So I started doing more and more research. I spent probably the entire day researching. 
and just decided it was like a fire was inside me. I just felt like I cannot let this issue go by the wayside. Like I felt like I had done with other issues in the past. I felt like it wasn't enough to just protect and talk to my own children. Cause that's initially that day what I thought, Oh, that's all I need to do. Mm-hmm. I just need to have a conversation with my kids and everything will be fine. And then again, as I spent the next few weeks researching, I realized that's not enough because every future boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, And then eventually their spouse that they marry is tainted by this. They will either themselves be tainted by this, by the culture we live in and the pornified culture that they're surrounded by, or they will be addicted themselves or will have a partner that is addicted. And I felt like, okay, I can't, it's not enough to just save my own kids. I have to save and help as many parents as possible and help their children. All of my future in-laws, all of anybody that is in within my reach, I felt like I needed to talk to to everybody I possibly could. So that's how we started. Well, and I'd be curious to know what was some of the initial responses you got from people with, because obviously you carry a lot of passion about this subject. Something did get lit up in you uh, about this. So when you started talking to your neighbors and to your family and to those in your church, what were some of the initial responses to what you were learning and then also what you were wanting to uh, do as far as, as far as helping these other parents? Well, I think a lot of people like myself who are in this ministry can relate that, you know, we had some people who immediately got it either because their spouses were addicted or they had had a problem or their parents had had a problem. And they're the ones that immediately were like, yes, I want to get involved. But I had, of course, a lot of people who were who were freaked out, who were scared. Uh, my own mother, I remember talking to her and she was like, we were having a family dinner and it was kind of this, you're not going to bring this up at dinner, are you? Mm-hmm. And I remember laughing, like, are you kidding? Like, she thought, you know, I'm like, this is all around us in my mind. This is like in the air we breathe practically, you know? And so I had some people like at church, I had a lot of women who were like, yes, this is going on in my life. What can I do? What kinds of things can I talk to my kids about? And then definitely people who were scared. I mean, I was talking to strangers at the gym about it. I would be on the elliptical machine and say, and say, do you have kids? Have you, do you know about this? And some people would get it. And some people would be like, oh my gosh, who is this weird lady? But that is how I started was I'm going to talk to everybody I possibly can. And now I still on occasion, if I feel prompted, if I feel like God wants me to talk to somebody, I will talk to them. And everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I get this picture in my mind that in some ways you you sort of came out of the chutes like a boulder being dropped into a pond. And, you know, I could just imagine you on the elliptical trying to talk to the person next to you. And, you know, you might have you might have come away with getting labeled as, oh, that's that lady, you know, that's the oh, lady yeah. that's going to talk to you about stuff that makes you really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. At church, at church, I was, you know, at the, I was the weird, I, I became, I think, like the weird porn lady. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we've, we've moved since I first started. But even at this, you know, in my new congregation that I'm at, you know, sometimes it is hard because I talked about the first time I kind of got up and bore testimony, um, I was talking about my work and some people, you know, are nodding their heads, they get it. And then I had a lot of people, a lot of men afterward, not looking me in the eye. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted to just grab them and be like, I'm not judging you. I'm struggling with my own problems, my own addictions. 
I'm just here to help whoever I can. I am not trying to mm-hmm. look down on anybody. We're all in this together. Well, and I can totally identify with that. I was actually introduced, I'm not kidding you, I was actually introduced in an event in my church years ago as the sex guy. So, <laughs> you know, when you, it, but but you know what? I've I've learned and I think you've probably learned to to carry some of those monikers with with pride of saying, "Hey, listen, if if nobody else is going to get out there out front and talk about these issues, then what what hope do our kids have? What hope do our church leaders have? What hope do our uh, families have in this culture? Because it is so prevalent, pornography and all the other kinds of sexual brokenness in our culture, that we need more people that are willing to wear those labels in order to be able to provide some sense of hope and direction in a very chaotic, sexualized culture. So when you are, um, you know, so here you are, you're, you're, getting passionate about this, you're starting to voice this to others. When did things start to maybe formalize as a as an outreach? At what point did you start saying, okay, this is this may become an organization. This may be something that needs to be a movement. Yeah, absolutely. I reached out to a couple of other groups and I just looked throughout, you know, online what was available for parents. And I felt like there was so little available to parents that that's where I was like, that's my place. That is my, those are the people that I need to speak to. And I felt very strongly that that is where God wanted me to be, that that is the voice that I needed to help other parents to say, I'm just like you. I, I was scared about this topic, but I also luckily was raised in a great environment where healthy sexuality was embraced and taught and celebrated and not, not taught as a shameful topic. And then I feel like I was in a place where I had already started those conversations with my kids that I was not, and also not realizing that I was kind of a step ahead there. And then also with my, um, my background in um, my undergraduate is in uh, pre-marriage and family therapy. And my master's is in recreation therapy, which is like a group therapy degree um, that I kind of was like in a place where I understood some of the fears that a lot of other parents were facing and that I, I was, that I was in a position to help them not make this so awkward because I feel like that is what we have been taught and socialized into our whole lives. Oh, this is a scary topic. Oh, this is difficult. This is awkward. And I, I am determined to change the conversation on that in this country and hopefully all over the world of this is not awkward. This has brought nothing but closeness and a stronger relationship between me and my kids and in all of my board members. As we have had these conversations with our kids, we have had amazing results, amazing discussions. And my parent, my kids now know they can come to me and ask me about anything. Mm-hmm. And that is a great feeling. I want other parents to have that feeling. So let's talk about the those parents out there that are feeling this real disconnect from their kids. They might be on this topic. You you know, they might be listening to this program right now and they're they're starting to feel kind of that wave of guilt or shame or whatever like I, I oh my goodness, I'm so far behind the curve here. I, I mean, I've got a I've got a 12-year-old and I haven't talked about anything with them. And we know that the average age of first-time exposure to porn is like 9 to 10. And so um, what would you say to those parents to begin getting engaged in the conversation with their children about this incredible topic of sexuality? I would say it's it's never too early and it's never too late to start. And first of all, to kind of let go of let go of that shame and let go of those negative feelings. None of us are going to do this perfectly. That's something that all of us need to kind of understand and be like, that's right. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this perfectly. I'm just going to do the best I can. 
And that is all anybody, that is all God expects from me, that I need to just do the best I can and leave it in his hands to to help me out and inspire me to keep helping my kids. Because I think we often forget because we as parents too are being bombarded with so much information and so many like guilt tripping blogs out in the world that we forget that we know our children best. I love my children more than anybody, nobody else. That's why I am the best teacher for Mm -hmm. them. Nobody else, even I would say, even the pastor at church. Yes, I appreciate our pastors who pick up the slack there, but and they love my kids, but they don't love my kids as much as I do. I do. And that's why I need to be that source. So my first piece of advice is just begin where you're at. Start simply. It doesn't have to go. If you're uncomfortable about a certain topic, then don't start there. Some people are very uncomfortable with, say, a topic like masturbation. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you don't start there. You wait. That, that may, that maybe that's conversation four, five, or six. Start with where you're comfortable. Is that about puberty? Is that a conversation about anatomy? Or is it even further back of, hey, remember when we talked about good touch, bad touch? Remember when we talked about you know, why our bodies are special and why you know, you get to be in charge of your body and nobody is allowed to touch your body without your permission. So kind of, I think most of us will kind of realize, wait, I have started this. Mm -hmm. I did start this conversation. I just, I did it, you know, I was doing it in this, maybe from a a position of I'm going to protect and, you know, I'm going to, we're going to talk about safety issues first. So maybe with a younger child, that's where you're going to start. But if you find yourself that you're old, you know, your kids are older, you're most likely going to find out, wait, we've talked about a couple of these things. So you build from what you've already done. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it sounds like there's definitely a, uh, a preparation piece. Obviously, if you can try to prepare your kid for the various stages, then they're going to go through. And then it sounds like there's also very much a, a practical piece of like, okay, now how do you practice these principles of protecting your body and guarding your eyes and those kind of things? And then at what, at what point and in what ways can a parent uh, hold their child accountable to these things that they're teaching their children? That's a great question. I think once they, I think with every conversation, there should be an accountability piece. There can be, you know, about, you know, protecting ourselves. It's like, you know, or when you have that discussion of what they might be exposed to, you know, and again, this doesn't have to be the heavy duty, I'm going to tell you all the horrible things that are in pornography mm-hmm. and, and, and freak you out. Right. You can start with a walk to the mall and look and walking past a Victoria's Secret store. And that's, that is a, that's a great lesson, you know, and you're just like, hey, do you see that? Because you know they're looking or you know they've seen it, mm-hmm. okay? Before they could even speak, our children were being exposed to these images in the, in the grocery store, walking past magazines. They've already been exposed to human bodies, you know, and advertising. So again, a simple lesson of media literacy of like, okay, what is going on? Letting them first understand it's normal to be curious. So let, you know, don't feel bad that you were curious in that you want to know about sex and that you want to know about human bodies. This is normal. So letting them understand that's normal. It's kind of like when I have been with my kids in the mall and we, we see an ad or an advertisement that is inappropriate, you know, I might, you know, wait, I might walk past the store, but then I might talk about that. Like, you know, did you see that? And almost always, they've always have, they always looked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's right. You know, they're meant, those advertisements are manipulating us. They're meant to draw us in. So kind of letting them realize, you know, you're not a bad person. Like, but you know, like, but then you, then you say, well, what should we do to avoid that? 
what can we do to avoid, are there certain television shows? Are there certain, is there certain music? Are there certain movies that we need to just, to, to get it rid of out of our lives or to, to avoid? And then that's where the accountability can start in. But first letting them realize you're, you're a normal kid. You're, no, mm-hmm. you're normal to want, you know, it's normal to want to be curious and have an understanding of these things. Now, what would you say to the parents out there? Because there's a lot of them that have the idea that say, listen, I want to tell my kids what to do when it comes to sexuality, but I don't want anything of my own brokenness and all of my failures and me looking at porn all the time to, to be known or to have anything to do. So it's kind of like for the parents out there, and again, there's many of them that are sort of living in this space of double standards. The idea of saying, well, I have total expectation that you, 12-year-old, will manage your sexuality and not look at those things and not look at pornography. But me as a 40-year-old, guess what? I'm going to do it all. I do it all the time anyway. <laughs> um, I, think, I, I think that's up to each parent, you know, and I think that's also individualized with each child. Um, I think giving them a plan, I think once, I mean, like when I have had these, I mean, I've had multiple, multiple discussions with my kid where I'm like, with my kids where I'm like, you're going to see this. It's going to happen. Let's talk about what you should do that first time you're exposed. Now, if they've already been exposed, then that's a different conversation. But letting, giving them an option of what to do when they see that, okay, when you come across that, what should we do? You know, or, hey, where are the various places that you are most likely to be exposed? Oh, it might be on our home computer. It might be on your smartphone. It might be on the bus. It might be at a friend's house. What can we do? What are the things we should say to our friends if they're trying to show us this? So you kind of first prep them with these kinds of discussions. And, you, you know, a lot of times you'll find out, yep, I've already seen that or so-and-so had that on the bus. And it's not just our sons. It's our daughters, mm-hmm. too, yeah. who are being exposed or having other girls show them this or boys who are grooming girlfriends by showing them, you know, what they, you know, what various parts of pornography. So I think, okay, you know, giving them a plan, like, okay, we need to get away from it. Come and talk to me about it. They need to know that they can come and talk to you about that. Because a lot of times it's, um, it's a very, especially for younger kids, it's a scary thing. It's a, it can even be some people, some therapists would say it's a traumatic event, Mm -hmm. that first exposure. So letting them know, Hey, it's okay to to have that to have had those feelings. Um, my kids were recently exposed to something kind of minor, but enough that two of them mentioned that it made them feel sick to their stomachs. Mm. We were in a regular store, and there were and there was on this on the up above on one of the counters were some Barbie fetish cards where they had Barbie and Ken doing various things to each other. Um, sort of a BDSM type thing. So two of my kids were like, oh my gosh, mom, what is that? Mm. So I, of course, had a con- a brief conversation with the store manager and then went outside and was now, now I had not prepared this discussion. I had not made a, I had not had a preparation of, of what I was going to, to discuss bondage with my kids, but hey, it was time. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. I let them ask questions and they, and let them talk about those icky feelings that they, that they had experienced. Um, now, when we find out that, so if we have a problem ourselves, we're going to have to do some, 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 some serious planning of how we're going to do that discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's up to each parent. Like, are you going to, you know, do you, is the child old enough, you know, to have, to have that discussion of where you want to discuss 
hey, I had a problem with this. I don't want to see you get caught up in the same thing. Or if you're not comfortable with that, then I don't think it's it's not necessary. I think some people think, oh, that's necessary or that mm-hmm. it's part of my repentance process is I have to like tell everybody all of my my problems and sins. I don't think that's the case. Um, if you really feel like that's going to benefit your child, your older child, maybe your teenage child, then that's something prayer. That, that's a prayerful experience that you need to have, and then have that discussion. But I think it's okay to say, "I know people, or I've seen the pain and suffering this has caused. Mm-hmm. I know the addictive nature of this," and explaining what that can do to the brain, to the heart, to the mind. Now, what do you say to the parent out there that they uh, maybe after this come after this hearing this podcast, they realize I've got to I've got to break ground here. I've got to break the ice and have this conversation. They start having a conversation with their kids and inviting them into this space to talk about sexual things, talk about pornography. And they discover that their child has been looking at porn for two years. What help, encouragement, you know, uh, what lifeline would you offer to that parent to just give them a sense of what do I do if I discover that my kid for maybe several years that I've been unaware, they've been looking at pornography. How do I handle that? Um, I would say to the parent first, forgive yourself because the parents who have talked to me that they, cause I've had several obviously parents come in that they have started these conversations or the child has just come on their own and confessed and told them I've been looking at this for a year, for two years, for three years. They feel so terrible about themselves that somehow this is their fault, that they didn't mm-hmm. do this, that they didn't have this discussion that they should have, you know, they should, I should have, would have, could have all mm-hmm. over themselves. And that to me is the first piece of advice is, you know, forgive yourself. You're doing the best you can. And then personalize your approach to that child. Um, Each of these, you know, our kids, I think it's important to find out the extent. So, yeah, I've been looking at it for a year. Okay. So, without yelling, without screaming, without freaking out, find out the extent of the problem. And then explore... For, and then you have to acknowledge, the parent has to acknowledge that this is what's going on, okay? So that it's not just, okay, we're going to talk about it, or I'm going to send you off to the pastor, or I'm going to send you off to the therapist, and then my piece is done. Mm-hmm. It's like, because parenting is never over, as we all know. This is this is forever, right? Mm-hmm. And so based on what is going on with the child, you got to explore some various treatment options. Um, if you are able and you can, you know, if your church or if you can afford therapy, I recommend therapy if that's possible. Because again, with with a child that young in the teen years, with the brain not fully developed, the extent of if even if this is just a quote unquote habit, if a child, a teenager is using this as a coping mechanism, it's a much stronger situation than if this is a 30, 40 year old adult because those brains are not done developing. So it's, you need to kind of explore, okay, do, is there a treatment program that we, we can use? Mm-hmm. We, you know, what, and what is, do I want that to be Christ centered? Do I want that to be one-on-one therapy? There are a lot of great programs online. There are mm-hmm. a lot of programs that we can exp- that can be explored. I'm sure you guys have a have a great program, right? Sure, yeah. Let's talk briefly about just some of the uh, avenues through which kids nowadays can access pornography. You you mentioned the you know smartphones, and then there's uh, television, and there's the internet, and all these. How do you help parents navigate those ever changing waters of just the the points of access, and how would a parent maybe help their child uh, be able to handle 
certain media without having just either this all or nothing extreme. I think some people go to an extreme of saying, let's just label all media evil and just, you know, go back to the 1850s. Um, and then you have others that they don't even have any kind of accountability. There's no, you know, filter to nothing. What would you say to those parents about how to help their child navigate those points of, of access? Um, I would say that this is this is so incredibly important. This is something that most parents are not understanding is, is where the future of parenting lies, is with our devices. We, a lot of us don't want to admit to the fact, I know I'm having trouble with this, of admitting that this, this is where most of our kids live, is mm-hmm. online. You know, my daughter, who is going to be a sophomore in high school next year, is almost required to have a smartphone for her classes. Mm-hmm. They don't even print out a syllabus in her school. They had to use QR codes to access the syllabus, right? So that required a smartphone and doing the, you know, getting the QR code. Everything is through email. My daughter has written a school, an entire English paper on her phone, you know, while she was at a soccer game for her soccer team and it was an away game. They were gone for two hours. She didn't want to waste the time. She wrote an entire paper on her phone. This should give us a clue as to how much of our children's lives are going to exist with phones and Mm -hmm. with electronic devices. So we need to be hyper aware of what they are doing. We, unfortunately, we, we just don't live in a place where we can just say, forget everything. Mm-hmm. But it needs, to be, it needs to be continual and constant. And parents have a hard time with that because we are so tired. We're overscheduled. We're busy. We're working. They're going to soccer. They're going to piano. They're going to dance class. My one thing we need to do is simplify our lives. Okay. Amen. And so I don't, I am constantly telling, I'm also constantly doing this for myself of saying, my kid doesn't need to do three or four activities. Mm-hmm. My child doesn't need to be on, doesn't need to be in front of a screen three or four hours a day. We are, and that is, this is something that is not a one and done conversation because your kids will constantly push those boundaries and you constantly have to remind them of those boundaries. Okay, how much, what kind of, what, how much texting is allowed in our family? How much screen time? How much time are we spending in activities and continually simplifying? This is something that we go over in our home probably almost monthly. Mm-hmm. because it is continually part of our lives. My child wants to try this new game that I have to check out. My daughter wants to buy a song from iTunes. My daughter does not have her own iTunes cloud. Uh, she is on my cloud. Mm-hmm. So every app, every song, every movie, everything is bought by me. I see everything that my kids get onto their devices. Now, we, have, we have time limits. I mean, there's just, there's, it's just... You have to be very specific and you got to stay with it. Mm-hmm. We've only got a couple of minutes left and I really want our listeners to hear about your program, to know about some of your books and, and also be able to know how to get in touch with your organization. So uh, in these last couple of minutes, if you could share just some uh, avenues that our listeners could take to get in touch with you and just some resources that could really help them in this process. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. So our first set of books that we put out last year are called 30 Days of Sex Talks, Empowering Your Child with Knowledge of Sexual Intimacy. They're they're intimacy focused. They're going to hear the STDs and the pregnancy stuff at school. So we as parents need to focus on the intimacy portion. We have a book for ages 3 to 7, 8 to 11, and 12 plus. 
all of them have different aspects of sexuality that we expect parents to take the lead on. We need to be that first best source of information. Each of these books has a short pornography lesson in them. This year, we came out with a book called How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography. This has a run plan. It has a, you know, a, a how to get away from pornography. It helps us define pornography. It has some mature discussions for older kids and teenagers. Now, these are not sexually mature discussions, but these are discussions that say a five or six-year-old is not going to understand mm-hmm. about the hateful nature nature of pornography, but that but it's something that you can discuss with older kids. We have another book called 30 Days to a Stronger Child. And this is what we consider an addiction prevention tool. This was we wrote this last year when we when I basically realized our kids have to be stronger than we were. They are facing challenges that we had no idea of as a child. As, so we t- it talks about filling our accounts, our spiritual, our emotional, our social, our intellectual, our physical accounts. And it is about how can I, my child be strong but still maintain their Christ-like compassion. Um, these books can be found on Amazon. But if you go to our website, which is educateempowerkids.org, so that's www.educateempowerkids.org, There's a link to the books there. Our website also has tons of free downloadable lessons um, that can be done like as a family night or just a one-on-one discussion or a group discussion. Mm -hmm. We have articles coming out all the time. Next month, we are launching a Spanish page for our Spanish-speaking parents who are looking for resources. Um, If they want to reach me or anyone in our organization, they can use our info email, which is info at educateempowerkids.org. Thanks so much, Dina. Thanks for being with us. Um, It's been great to hear what you have to offer these parents and parents out there. um, We will put this information also on our website with the podcast, and we look forward to having you listeners back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio podcast. Thanks. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Mm-hmm.